gentlemen, please give a massive Edinburgh welcome for Johnny and the Baptists! It's a long gap, but so is the distance between us. So that's fine. Well, because I'm in Scotland. Yeah. Hello, everyone, and welcome to podcast number 101. It's the first podcast since the Kickstarter ended. And those of you who have really had to put up with us banging on and on about that will be glad to know that this is the only time I'm going to mention it. Uh, we raised £11,379, which, yep. once you get rid of Kickstarter's fees and the credit card fees, is 30 quid. No. <laughs> Just a bit of fun. No, it's 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 well over ten grand. It's like 10400 quid or something uh, yeah. that we get, which is uh, phenomenal. And at some point, we'll tell you about how we're going to spend it and what we're going to do. But um, we've just been rejected for the third consecutive time by the Arts Council for our tour, so I guess yep. the spare money will go into that. Anyway, it, uh, you, it's say, an you say spare it's money. Wonderful. Spare money is not a um, a Baptist thing. There's never been no, any spare, I say spare money. money. Well, we, we, we're trying to keep afloat in difficult yeah. times, and uh, yeah. we're also trying to get back on the road as quickly as we can. And, and you could say that those two things are counterintuitive, because maybe it'd be better to wait another year, but we can't mentally wait another year. We've got to make a new show. We've got to respond to what's going on. We've got to feel alive again. Yeah. Um, and um, so that's what we're going to do. I had a dream last night, by the way, that oh, every time we go on the too. road, I yeah. start drinking again, but don't tell anyone. And that's Oh, all. God. I thought, I better not do that. And then... But then in the dream, there was like a logic to it, which was, I was like, someone was like, do you want a pint? And I was like, oh yeah, lovely. And then I went, oh no, I better not. I haven't had a drink for three years. And then I was like, no, but you've been cheating every week. Oh God, like, oh no. I? Have I? It's like, yeah, you've been secretly having a drink every week. So it doesn't make a difference because you've never been sober. Oh, God. Well, I better have a drink then. <laughs> so I, like, it was like it was like I talked myself into this. Anyway, the truth is, I I, I remain uh, off the source, straight edge. Um, yeah. When we go on tour, Paddy. Yeah. We can take a big old bag of weed. <laughs> big old bag of weed and loads of sodas. It's going to be great. That's my. <laughs> <laughs> My life has become Dr. Pepper, licorice all sorts, and a big old bag of weed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Woo! I knew you were going to say licorice too. It's it's a, it's it's funny because in uh, that that sort of dream, I wonder if that shows that sometimes you know sometimes people are like. And then I saw an elk, and the elk told me to go to the mountain, and the, and the mountain yeah. was the hermit. You know, or that, and then people interpret it, and that's that. You know, that's a thing people do. I think yeah. that sometimes with ours, they're quite variable because. I went for a walk with James Rowland yesterday and um, uh, it was very exciting because we're now allowed to do that. And I, I told him about my dream I had the night before that was basically, yeah. oh, it was really upsetting. Uh, Zach and I were both really upset about the flat and it was really difficult to get rid of it and we were really in trouble financially and we, we both took it out on each other and it was, uh, it was just really upsetting and then I had a cry. And James was like, so your dream is basically exactly what's happening in your life except someone comes into your dream and goes oh it's 
it's shit here as well. <laughs> like, <laughs> and it's like, oh, yeah, I don't need to interpret that. It might as well have been someone coming and sitting in a chair in front of me and going, oh, look, I know you're asleep, but you really have to sort this shit out, man. <laughs> like, well, I was talking to another young parent who told me, in fact, I think it might have been communist poet Henry Bell, um, oh, yeah. who told me that when, you know, the first year of having a kid, you stop dreaming because you never mm. sleep enough. You never really get into that bit of sleep. That REM, um, yeah. Yeah, and I wonder if you've sort of reached that point because of the monotony mm. of lockdown, which is that you've, you, you're still dreaming because you're sleeping long periods of time, but the dreams have ceased being in any way interesting or fantastical. They're just no. like exactly what's happening in your life again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. It's like the piercings on the other side of my face. Like, that's all it is. It's like, oh, yeah, what What does it mean? <laughs> um, Why do you dream yeah. in mirror, Paddy? <laughs> it's because oh, you're a psychopath. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's because I'm a prick. <laughs> oh. Oh. Well, look, um, so today it's Monday, and we, we had um, a huge amount of work on, and I, I was going to suggest to you, Pads, that yeah. because we were like, so we've got this window today. We're not Paddy and I aren't working all day together today. Paddy's got lots of other things to do. I've got other stuff to do, and uh, we're only sort of working together from like one thirty until three. We've got a huge amount to do, and I suggested in my head, I haven't said this to you yet, that we find a way to both record the podcast and do all the administrative work at the same time. We'll just <laughs> talk about something else, but in code, we'll actually like be like, "What time do you want to be there for the meeting on Tuesday?" But will make it sound like an exciting podcast. Well, so under under the rave kind of subterfuge, like on our listeners, that we're actually getting stuff done instead yes, of it's like, like. Yeah, it's like how are you feeling today, sit. Paddy? Oh, yeah. Well, I actually, I'm really worried about this window. meeting at four. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was having a really nice day, and then I spent two hours looking at a pigeon because I'm so fucking whimsical. And then, <laughs> after looking at this pigeon for ages, I remembered that we've got to shift the David meeting to ten forty-five. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, you already have sort of. We've talked about the arts council invitation. We've talked about the Kickstarter. Stuff, <laughs> yeah, about our our, our time schedule today. We are getting through it. You know, I'm ticking oh, stuff off. Through, guys. Oh, um, mate. But we shouldn't. We shouldn't. Fun? We should talk about nice things. I, I, am I having fun? That's an interesting question. The answer to it is no. But however, I you found a flat, but you've still you've still got issues with the flat. We're not going to talk about your flat in this episode. No, I, I don't think we should. There's no fun to be had. There's um, no fun to be had. So, suffice to say, if you are uh, a property lawyer, do get in touch. Yeah, and if you are a landlord, go fuck yourself. <laughs> yeah, I think if you're like a landlord. And you're not like this guy. Yeah. I feel very differently about it. I feel very different about it as well. But yeah, it's just if you're my landlord, for goodness sake. That's right. (laughs) Uh, But other than that, no, I don't want to talk about that either. And and good catch on that because I can so easily fall into, you know, monologuing about it. Oh, Um, I wasn't up for hearing it again. Oh, no, you're you're not going to let me do that. But yeah, otherwise, um, otherwise I'm okay. I mean, my it, it's all sort of uh, it's all go. What's what's interesting is I the thing that is now the t- the the things I'm really looking forward to at the moment are moving in with Benny. That's really exciting, which is but yeah. that is flat stuff. And making an album, like you know, when you're like doing 
fundraising and you're trying to like work out whether we can or cannot do an album all this kind of stuff we've done all the administration on it and stuff like for the last couple of months we're trying to work out if we can do it now that it's like you can surely we get to enjoy doing it that's going to be fucking great we're going to get to make an album i was thinking i was going through documents the other day i was trying to it's not very interesting story but i was going through my drive files and trying to sort of see Mm. if i could bother organizing it i learned very quickly that i couldn't be bothered yeah um well, one of the things I found was a document from twenty, uh, the start of 2013, so January or February, yeah. um, which was the time that we were writing our second ever show and second ever record. Now, everyone knows, famously, the second one is the hardest, because if you've had any sort of success with your first album or first show, as we did, we, we, we've suddenly built up a fan base and people were very nice to us and we got offers to do things. The second mm. one is hard because... Um, you, you've you got this feeling that maybe you can't recreate it in a way mm. because later on, once you've sort of made a few, you're like, oh, no, I am good at this. I can trust it. Whereas the, after just yeah. making one, you're like, oh, God, what if I can never do it again? And I found this document that sort of really revealed that anxiety threat because we're sort right. of just writing ideas. And in that document, as well as this real anxiety about, oh, God, we're never going to write anything as good as library uh, we don't yeah. have anything for our second show. We're in real trouble. Um, amongst that was just uh, the lyrics for Boom. Now, if you don't know Boom, it's a song that we don't play very often, even though it's one of our best songs, because Paddy can't be bothered to do it, mostly because now, he hang, now, shouting now. and detuning his guitar, two things he hates doing. <laughs> it's a song... It's one of our one of our sort of I think it's probably one of our best written songs and it's a very funny song yeah. and it was the I think it closed the second show um, yeah. and it's definitely as good if not better than any of the songs on the first album in terms of just genuinely being a good comedy song and yeah. this document is full of this pained anxiety of oh god what are we going to and a song that be like if now we'd written it we'd be like oh we've cracked the back of the new show. We've got yeah. a song that kind of defines the sound and the idea. We just need to write more. And so it's yeah. such a weird thing, looking at that anxiety, going, guys, relax. You've got six months to go till it opens, and you've already written the hit. You've already written the yeah. single. <laughs> yeah, exactly. God, that is funny. I, I, sh- I look through those kind of things sometimes as well, because it's it seeing that process of panic that we still go through every time. I think we're sure. obviously better at, at like you know communicating and writing together and all those things that you get over being in a partnership with someone for a long time and you know becoming closer but like some of those early shows like we're always going to be still writing the show as we get to edinburgh that's fine that on the train on the train on the train but like that one do you remember that was that was big bigger than judas uh we i remember writing on the train and it not going well and then we did the first show and went right we need to write a new opener and we need two more songs and we need to you know i remember we spent that first week every moment trying to write new bits into the show and we wrote a song about um about wasps or something remember it was like you gotta feed the world because the wasps no, no, it was called feed the world. it was it was it was about um <clears throat> it wasn't a good idea for a song so what i remember of that is uh, i'm trying not to confuse it because we wrote new songs for the show in 2013 and the show in 2014 on the train up. Yeah. And in 2013, the show was called Bigger Than Judas, and um, it didn't really have a sort of narrative thread. It was just a bag of songs, really. Yeah, um, it was just a good name and then some, some songs. music. <laughs> yeah. And it was the first show we did, because the year before we had uh, the wonderful Amy Butterworth with us on 
violin and backing vocals. Mm. And by the... She'd left. She'd quit. Um, yeah. Had enough of us cunts. By... Uh, <laughs> well, I think she just wanted to do something else. And also, yeah. I mean, fair enough. It didn't pay well. Uh, yes. so. <laughs> anyway, um, so it's the first time it was just us. So it felt quite like a start again. And that was quite... I think if we'd had Amy for the second show, or we hadn't had Amy for the first show, it would have felt more like a second show than traditional, whereas actually it was our first show, just the two of us. Mm. Um, and um, I, th- I look back on that show, and by the way, there are some... like it, The show doesn't make any sense at all. No, not at all. No, there's no, no logic, no, no. but there's some real hits on it. There's there's um, UKIP is in that show. Yeah, and it opens with Festival of May. Well, it opened with Festival of Me, and then we wrote a new opener. Uh, yeah, that was like, um, hello, everyone, who is here? You are the audience, <laughs> and we are your friends. You know? <laughs> yeah, it was one of those songs where the producer takes you aside and is like, now, here's the problem with the show. No one knows what it's about, um, and it doesn't have any narrative thread. On. And no one has any idea what's going on. We were like, oh, well, we'll write a, a song that tells everyone, so then we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> um, well, I think I remember that song because it goes, uh, there was a time when the world was in darkness. Two men from Reading took to the stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, we, and we rewrote that song for a later show because the uh, the later show also had again, a problem again, with narrative. The later show had a problem with the start. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're like, well, we'll just um, use the, the we'll use the intro song from an old show and change the lyrics a bit so the narrative changes. <laughs> <laughs> oh what? fuck! Yeah. And then feed but the world happened. Some... Now feed the world, uh, which <laughs> none of you will have ever heard because it didn't ever get we recorded. We played it once. It lasted about I think about four shows. Yeah, because we yeah because we we're coming in under time, so we had to keep it for a few shows until we were like, "This is so shit." <laughs> we also so I think part of the problem was of sort of vague madness that we had. So we were a, sh- a song short, yeah. definitely. Like we were running like at forty eight minutes, and it had to be over fifty minutes, or that's what we felt, and um, yeah. to justify the ticket price. And so we wrote this song called "Feed the World," which was about how there is a you know the the food shortage in the world which isn't funny as no. an idea and we didn't have a funny idea to justify it so it was just we're going to do this so the song was what can we do about the food shortage and some answers one of which was we've got to eat all the grey squirrels but not the red ones because they're nice <laughs> yeah, yeah and it was like eat don't what was the wasp thing the, like don't eat bumblebees because we need them but you can eat wasps I mean it yeah. wasn't Great gag, guys. In the middle, we realised it had a chord sequence that meant we could sing Mama Say, Mama Sama Makusa, Mama Say, Mama Sama Makusa from Wannabe Starting Something by Michael Jackson over the top. So I did that, and I did that dance that I used to do where I stamp one leg and clap my arms, and I look It's so funny. And it is funny. The dance is so good. Like, that was the saving grace of the song, was the only bit that was not relevant to the song. And then I remember, but the the weird here's the thing that was really crazy because it's a, and we come back to I haven't really made the full point of why we're talking about this, which was we're about to start writing a new album, and yeah. I was looking back at the anxiety of when you start. Um, yeah, the thing that makes no sense is on the album for that show, which we'd recorded the week before. Uh, it was the first time I think we'd worked with Rob Sell in the studio. Mm. Is that right? Mm. No, it was recorded by Sam Dyson. 
Yeah, Dyson. It was recorded by one. old friend Sam Dyson and um, the incredibly talented, extraordinarily brilliant Will Bartlett, who's a jazz pianist, played piano mm-hmm. on the record. And that is such a waste of his talents. Yeah. Was so, like him, him playing our four fucking chords. <laughs> yeah. Shit, Casio is such a waste of a genius. Anyway, um, also, he rang me um, like four years later saying, Could you send me a copy of the album I'm on? <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah. yeah. That sounds um, about anyway. right. The weird thing is there is there's a two so there's lots of bits in the show that sort of try and tie things together and they didn't quite come together, but the show ends with a song called um God Exists where we get the sing the audience to shout oh, God yeah. Exists. God that was a very exists. funny good song. Um yeah. it's a song I enjoyed performing and we, we had to drop because it's weird, um, later on. But we did it in that tour. But there was a first part to that song called No One Knows, brackets, If God Exists. Yes, yeah, 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 yeah. Which was a funny and good song that's on oh, the record. Oh, it's great. And yeah. we didn't do in the show. No, we We were a song it. short, and we arbitrarily cut a song that was good. What? Why did we cut it? What? That's so we, the, there must have been an argument at the time. I was, was like, like, it doesn't work, I hate it. I think I just got into my head and went nuts. And yeah. it was really I, stupid because it was a good song. And then we later did that on, a, on another tour. We did it for an entire tour. I think we did it on the show... Remember when we toured in 2018? We toured in 2018, just before yeah. I had my daughter, with a show called The World is a Mess, Here Are Some Songs. Yes, and we had... It was we a mini tour bit. of new old material between... Uh, and it was just a small tour. We did about 12 dates. And we did that song every night at the tour, because it's good. Because it's actually a good song. It's a Idiots. great song, and it had... Yeah, I, I, don't, I think maybe we were scared of, of doing it. it. It had loads of jokes in it, but I think we were a bit worried about it, because... Back then, we didn't do as many duets. I did much more of the music, and you did much more of the singing. No, we had and to. We sort of yeah. we we didn't have the same balance that that and that song had loads of vocal gymnastics in it, and it was and it was quite hard to play and sing at the same time. Because remember, there's the fast bit that goes, "Who's round is it? Whose crisps are these? Does anybody mind if I eat these crisps?" Eat like these that, crisps. that. Yeah, I remember that. Um, yeah, well, and like, on it goes the, on. on the album. Yeah. You and I yeah. sang it uh, with Will playing piano. Yes, so it was easy. So, and then live, we were maybe struggling to do it. I don't know if I had a key. I did have a keyboard that year because I played on UKIP and a few other songs. I think it's it's just confidence, isn't it? Because then when we later went on to do it, we could A, both remember how to sing it, and B, we were both good enough at our instruments to just be like, oh, yes, it'll just be like, who's... Yeah, no, it's funny, isn't it? But it was a crazy... So we ended up having this terrible song in the show... Um Instead of that. And then yeah. the year later, 2014, when we were doing um, the Satiric Verses, yeah. which was essentially the show about touring the UKIP show, mm. um, which was a good show, and that sort of show did make sense, we wrote, I think, maybe three songs on the way up. Yeah. We wrote Let's now, Drink that It was Better. A show, Let's Drink It Better, which was a sort of closing song yeah. about everyone getting drunk and that being the only way to solve problems. Yeah. Um, before I got sober, uh, <laughs> and then, and then I was wrote also, a song. That was, it was, sorry, I wrote the lyrics to a song. You wrote the words to this. Uh, so I wrote the lyrics, and you wrote the music to this. I say that because 
normally it's slightly less delineated, but this was quite clearly that, which was called cut-offs. Um, oh, the reason yeah. I say this is because I wrote it very quickly and then I gave Paddy the words and said, write something, and he wrote something and he was like, it sounds a bit like celebrate good times, come on, but that's life. Uh- <laughs> <laughs> but I remember, I remember you being like, don't worry, one of the song problems is solved. I've written this and I looked through it and it was a, it was a stream of consciousness that was... That- yeah, that started with like I'm wearing cutoffs. Cutoffs. I used to have jeans, but I cut them off. Cut them and off. I looked yeah, yeah. down, and you were wearing cut-off jeans. And I was like, "When did you write this?" You were like, "Ages ago." <laughs> it's, it's like, hang on. And then I remember Will, our manager at the time, being like, "Well, it's definitely funny, but it is just you dancing in cut-off jeans, going, <laughs> look at my jeans." <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, the idea of the song was. Um... <laughs> I was getting really pissed off at the fact that, like, Bridget Christie, the year before, is one of our best friends, had won the Comedy Award. That's not what pissed me off. I thought that was absolutely wonderful and well-deserved. What was pissing me off is that people would write about, like, what Josie and Bridget and Izzy Sooty and Nadia Kamal and Sarah Pascoe, our friends uh, who are women and perform comedy, they would write about what they wear. They'd write about how they look. They'd write about... um, uh, you know what 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 their hair was like and i think yeah. i mean that hasn't changed massively it has got a little bit better um but i just remember being so irritated about it because essentially you and i are a total schlubby mess um, yeah. And we were just, people were talking about what was in our, you know, the reviews were all what's in the show. They didn't say, here's this big fat dickhead and his squawky skinny friend um, yeah. said, uh, oh, this is two guys playing music and they're funny. And it was such a sort of obvious sexist, horrible thing that I thought I'd write a song about what I was wearing. And I decided I would wear, so I wore a singlet, a white singlet mm. that, by the way, I think said, lady die, why did you have to die? Because I just think that's yeah. funny. Um, yeah. And a very tight pair of short shorts that were cut-offs, mm. cut-off jeans. And I thought I'd sing about it, and the sort of lyrics were, I'm wearing cut-offs, cut-offs, isn't it great because I'm a man and nobody talks about what I'm wearing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like, and it, and it was trying to take the piss out of critics for doing that. Uh, and I, th- I think it was quite funny. It w- it was very funny, and uh, and was it funny because of the dance? <laughs> well, the dance was good. No, it was a good song. I think we were all surprised that it was a good song. Um, and <laughs> it did. It did really work, though. And then it went into. Um, I then did the song about where I listed everywhere we'd ever been. Do you remember that? Was you did like, a cover of "I've Been Everywhere" by yeah um, by Johnny Cash. Whilst you made made me a drink. And do you remember we built a mini bar on the stage, and you kept. Yeah, there was a great joke. You, I was doing the song, and you kept opening things, and more booze was inside it. Do you remember, like you'd you'd open the ice, the that one of those ice buckets, and you'd take the little um, tongs to pick up the ice, and then you'd pull out an entire thing of Jack Daniels and put it into yeah, yeah, my drink. That's right. <laughs> and by the end, I've got this pint of spirits, and then we cheers, and I drink it, and I start being very ill. And yeah. with the idea being at the end of the show. We were so drunk because it wasn't like it wasn't actually meant to be drink your problems away. It was this is this has been how Britain deals with things. And yeah. remember, the song is like, let's drink it better is we are these we're in this sort of UKIP pub or something like that. And, and we all drink and then we all forget that everything's a problem. And that's how we've always dealt with things. And you have to climb through the audience 
going, yeah. let's drink it better. My name's Eric Schmedders. I born in the <laughs> Russia, like whatever. And then you leave through the back yeah. um, audience entrance and I have to stay on stage doing the final chorus of the show and then you join me for the final line having run round the back and twice during the run you didn't come back did I not <laughs> what happened <laughs> uh, you was so, no one of them you were so pissed because we just like some of the shows we we didn't actually drink very much and there was artifice in it but some of them you and I were hooning through this minibar like normally on a well, Friday or Saturday have... where people in the audience were also getting on it and yeah. then you just you went out the back one and you got tired halfway coming round and had a sit down and a little sleep. So I just finished the show. <laughs> oh, professionalism. I remember, because we used to drink a couple of cans of Tenants on stage. Yeah. And then there'd be, like, cans of gin and tonic. Oh, no, it wasn't cans of gin and tonic. It was, like, cans of Malibu and Coke. Yeah. And then <laughs> uh, we had, like, a... We were just constantly opening drinks and drinking them from the bar. That was the idea of the show. Um, yeah. I can't... <laughs> I don't, it was a fun show. It was a really fun show. It was... It, it Yeah, that that was like... That was our... Um, I mean, not anymore, but at the time, we knew that was going to be our last sort of gig show for a while. Yeah, Remember, we gonna, it was like, we, knew we that, wanted it to be... We knew that the next thing we were going to do was write theatrical. We were going to move to the roundabout in... Uh, Summerhall, which is a big, beautiful venue, and write and write yeah. a play show, uh, which we did. We wrote the the climate change show, and then we did the show about um, the wealth gap. Anyway, um, not I mean I was going to say is this too self indulgent, but then this is a podcast, isn't that just the nature of what a podcast is? But um, the reason we bring this all up is because we're about to start writing a new record, and we're, we're sort of remembering what that's like. Yeah. You, ex- you you're excited. I I was thinking I I you know there's a nervousness before you've written one good song. Mm. Do you remember yeah. last time we did this in 2019? Yeah. Um, so, with the show "Love You" and "Hate Bastards," which is, I still, I was, I think it was the wrong title. But um, yeah, sure. What should we have called it? Whose dog is this? We should have called it "Love You." Oh yeah. What I mean, like the "Hate Bastards" is funny. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess, but also like. I don't know. We should have what we we did that thing that we always do, where we name the show and then we write it and then we go. Does the name fit? You know, and like <laughs> what we should have done is written it first and then named it because it was actually much more about the birth the of your daughter is, is and the that... death of my mother than than we intended at the beginning. I think. Well, then what would we have called it? Births, deaths, and um, uh, um, and, and and irritate and people. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but it's interesting, isn't it? Like, I, I, I think maybe I am more excited than you, but I think... T- I'll tell you why I am excited. I love recording live records because that's very cool and you get to have an audience there. And But the amount of uh, anxiety I get by being like, this is our one This is our one shot of recording. We physically can't rec- afford to rent this place out for one more day and do this again. So we can do little retakes... But if something goes wrong on the night, if you have a sore throat or if I hurt my hand, it's like, well, we're fucked. And I loved making songs for the apocalypse because not only was it like the record where I got to work so closely with you and Rob that was like what cemented like we were all we were all very close friends, but that like month working on that album was like, oh, we're now like that was when Rob joined Johnny and the Baptist instead of being someone who works on Johnny and the Baptist. You know what I mean? Yeah, and that's right. He's he's done like, lots of like stuff the, with um, us before, but 
that album was such an achievement with working with Rob and Tom, who arranged a lot of that record as well. We shouldn't forget. And oh yeah, Tom, Tom, great work from Tom. Exactly. And then I think I don't know. I think also during the lockdown, I've I've worked with Rob on a lot of things during the last year, yeah. and we've had to do too a lot many. of studio stuff. Too many. Oh god. Um, we've had to do a lot of studio things and a lot of remote things and. We've worked on lots of different projects, and he's helped us out with with everything. Like we did the virtual tour with Rob, and we've organized oh, yeah. anything we've done online. We've organized with Rob. So I think doing another album in the studio, you, me, and Rob, is going to be a fucking be joy. Like, yeah, we've got to write the great. songs first, though. We've got to write yeah, the songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that's that's always the case. Like yeah, at least is. we've got to write the songs and we're going to be in an environment that really stimulates our crea- creativity. And we get to be in the studio and be like, you know what might really work here? Can we try something? Instead of being on stage going, I've never done this before. We can't yeah. try something. Um, well, do you want to do yeah. what we did last night? So what we did, um, what we did in 2018, 2019 for the Love You mm. show... So we had a big bag of ideas, which we, which is mm-hmm. where we are now. We have this huge mass of ideas, but we'd written nothing. Um, and that's a great place. to If you start without the bag of ideas, I think, yeah. you always end up having a lost weekend where yeah. you try and make something of nothing and you get ready and you're not ready. You get sad. We had all these ideas, but, there's a lot, but they're, they're quite far away. And then we went to Swansea. Now, this mm. is, uh, I think this was like, do you think this was November of 2018 or something like that? Yeah, or something was it like the that. Start of twenty nineteen. I remember which weekend you're talking about because I remember. I mean, we stayed in a very depressing air, Airbnb. Well, we went to basically what we wanted to do. I had a kid who was about six months old. Yeah. Um, and I wanted to get away from being yeah. a full time parent just for two nights and to really concentrate on writing. But we had no money. We hadn't been on tour for a long time. And uh, I'd taken six months off to have a child. And I had miscalculated how much spare money I had. Uh, <laughs> and we were taking... We're at this point, we were taking club gigs that paid like 170 quid. Which might seem like a lot of money. But when you talk into that, like we'd get the mega bus to Nottingham... Um, yeah. stay in a shit hotel. So you're left with like 125 quid by the time you do that. And then you split that in two and it's taking yeah. you sort of like 19 hours and yeah. that's how much we've made. And we stopped doing that like five years before. We were just so broke that we'd take anything because making 60 quid in a weekend was better than not earning anything. But it was quite bleak. And we wanted to go on this sort of trip so that we could actually do some work, but we really couldn't afford it. We couldn't afford anything. Um, yeah. And Henry Whittacombe, who is one of the most wonderful people on earth, uh, yeah. suggested Swansea. Swansea because uh, whilst it is insanely cheap um, to stay there because it's very far away from London uh, and it's whilst it's lovely, it's not exactly a holiday resort in the grand scheme yeah. of things. And this was definitely off-season anyway. Um, so it's very, very cheap to get an Airbnb there, and we could get a place that was perfectly nice to stay in. Yeah. Um, and the train tickets are not wildly expensive. They can like You can get cheap ones. So he was like, get the cheap tickets early, stay in this Airbnb, 
come and do my terrible gig, which he calls the <laughs> only club gig he books. It's this yeah. weird gig in the Swansea Grand. I mean, basically, it's just, it would be a lovely gig if the people there wanted to see comedy. <laughs> yeah, 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 sure. But they don't. <laughs> um, come and headline that. It'll give you enough money to completely, and I, you know, it's like 200 quid. It will pay for the yeah. train. It will pay for the Airbnb, and it will pay for you know if you if you do a shop, it will pay for all of that. It will be a completely you will you will lose zero money. And it's like that is the best. So basically, Henry Widdicom supported the show and paid for our yeah our retreat. Uh, we went away for two days, mm-hmm. and do you remember on the first day we went to a cafe and we wrote almost all of Grift in that yeah. cafe, word for word, with no as well word for word. And then once that was done, it was like, great, the show's going to be fine. Yeah, the show's about grifts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like. <laughs> how did we? How did we do that? I forget. Like, I'm always like, how do you? How do you do that? <laughs> I mean, that, yeah. I mean, it's those. It's it's a lot of it is a lucky break. Like somewhere we already had an idea for probably one of the jokes in that song, and then it was just. I don't know, right place at the right time, connected the dots, and then immediately the song was very easy to write. I think that we have that in us for this next record. I'm not saying we've got all the songs already, mate. I'm sure that there's still a lot of things that will come out of the woodwork that we have no idea about. But I bet we've got some of those ideas tucked away that it'll just require the right, you know, cup of coffee and pen in front of you where you suddenly go, oh, wouldn't it be funny if we did a song about this? And then it's like, oh, yeah, we could use this joke. And then you write it and it's easy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, we should probably move over onto the Patreon episode just because uh, uh, I've got uh, I've got people arriving for viewings soon. Uh, you know, to see whether or not they're going to take away my home. Uh, so, <laughs> so, um, so I want to uh, uh, so I want to make sure we don't we don't uh, d- the Patreon supporters aren't hard done by. So we should probably move over yes. onto Patreon pretty shortly if that's okay. That's absolutely fine. Well, look, um, it is as ever um, a pleasure to do the podcast mm. and to have you listen. Um, and um, I, I just want to say thank you to everyone for continuing to listen. Yeah, it. absolutely. It's been lovely. That's all That's all you need to know. If you want to hit us up on, hit us up on Pate. On Jazz FM. To, yeah, go to <laughs> patejazz.co. Yeah, um, we'll be moving over to patreon.com slash Johnny and the Baptist where you can hear... Oh, we set up a feed for it after um, yeah. someone whose now name I've forgotten, which is really embarrassing, and I don't have the internet open because it distracts me, um, right. said, hey, why don't you set up a feed for your bonus episode? So now, if you do join our Patreon, it's um, at, and it's from as little as £5 a month or £54 a year, so you get a discount, um, yeah. you get a little code that you then put into your podcast app, and suddenly you've got, like I don't know, an extra like 35 episodes of this show that immediately get downloaded to your phone. So you could you could even join for a month if you're like, I just need some extra podcasts to get me through this month. That's what you can do. Um, and I've set that all up. So it now works. And thank you to the person whose name I will remember later. <laughs> okay. <laughs> RSS. An RSS feed. Yeah. Very good. Samuel. Yes. Samuel, sorry, I was. Li- I know that sounds a bit like I was literally going back through my mind. I went RSS feed, and it was the guy was called Samuel who, who asked. Samuel, there you go. Well, Samuel, thank you so much. You really helped us out and uh, got us off our ass and realised that we could set that all up. So, hooray! This is all good now. <laughs> all, right, um, all right, happy birthday. 
Happy birthday, Johnny. I'll see you later. Bye. Bye-bye. I love you. <laughs>